For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Yeah. Thank you bad, don't you? What? Thank you bad, don't you? Welcome you. Got your little beard? Uh, shut the fuck up for a second. No. <laughs> Welcome you to another episode of Port Shock. This is your host, Wow, Wolfman! And I got a brother, Cobb. Stingray. Stingray. And this is Porsche Talk ROQ, where we sound more like nobody else because we're somebody else. Question mark? Hmm. Affirmative. And this is a night surf. Night surf. Cover your eyes. Open your ears. And hear this track. Cover your eyes. Yeah, that... I don't know. That's not it.
Welcome you to another episode of Porch Talk. We are in Starkville, Mississippi, and I'm excited. We have not done this much rock and roll before. And so today I'm sitting with Night Surf, and so guys, if each of y'all will just introduce who you are and what you do in the band, and we'll get this thing rolling. I'm Vince Harris, and I play drums, so that's, that's me. John McGar, uh, play bass. I'm Jamie Rogers, and I play guitar and sing. And so to start this thing off, uh, Jamie and Vince, y'all are born here in Starville, but Matt, you're from Yapora. Uh, yes, I'm from Yapora. And so just one at a time, how did music come into your life, and like, when was that moment where you knew you had to get down to the store to get your instrument? <laughs> so what was that like? Uh, I'm... I was born in the 70s. I guess I'm the oldest of all of us. And uh, I don't know, I guess the first drum set I had, I was probably fairly young, but I can remember before then playing in the junior high and high school band. So, yeah. And did, did percussion with the band here in Starkville. And that's probably how I got my biggest start in playing an instrument was that. And uh, after that, I fell into a band called The Grumpies okay. for a while. And uh, that was pop punk bands, a lot of fun, ton of fun. And uh, after that, I mean, I, I met Jamie, and I'd probably quit playing for about 20 years. And uh, <laughs> met Jamie, he had moved in next door to me and uh, was talking Perfect about... Perfect storm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, he was, he was talking about uh, getting together and playing. He was playing with another band at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, we just got together and started something called Gloomy Room Studios, which I think that Jamie had already had a big idea for it to begin mm-hmm. with before that it even started and uh, came out with a project called the Jamie and Vince Project and we put a four song EP out. Yeah. So is this like a two piece like a rock and roll piece, like yeah. black studio keys, based white stripe kind studio of thing? based type deal, yeah. Right. Yeah, cool. And uh, 
did that and that was a lot of fun and once we did that we were looking for other other people to play instruments so we could actually play live shows yeah. kind of opened the door for something more right. yeah and uh, i guess that's when fat axel started yeah and uh, uh we well the idea of fat axel started. the idea <laughs> it, it took us a while to get enough members to actually you know begin to play we tried several different people out and just didn't you know flesh couldn't out. really find find the right people and then we eventually did and during the time that fat axel was going on and matt mcgarra was the original bass player for yeah. fat axel too okay. and uh during that time me and jamie and matt had started another little project on the side and it started you know it originally called the spitting hearts right I think we had one show we played. Uh, it was the Fourth of the Fourth of July festival, festival. Yeah, here in Starkville at McKee Park. So there. within like yeah. two months, we wrote like ten <laughs> songs and and put on a big festival show yeah. with it. And and uh, a lot of those songs later became Fat Axel songs. Yeah, actually. I, okay. I think just about moved, just moved about all of them did kind of moved over. Moved to them are still in the lineup that we've got. Yeah, we right. got a couple of them we kept. I mean, we we are three. We were the original three that, that wrote it. So yeah, I mean, right. why not? You have you know keep using it if we yeah, want to. Sure. And so just to go down the line, Jamie, what about you? Is when did the music really get in your life, and when did you pick that guitar up, man? Mm, I think my. First encounter was an MTV episode with Sonic Youth just destroying the scene. Oh man! And I mean, as a kid, it's like it's like a war movie, you know, <laughs> watching this black and white video of these dudes bouncing off the wall, and yeah. it's just kind of like, man, that looks like a lot of fun, you know. Uh -huh. And uh, I just started listening to a lot of old punk and. What, what do you hear on punk records? You know, the guitar. So yeah. I mean, of course, that's what I wanted to do in my first guitar wasn't really a rock guitar it was like a like a three-quarter size k acoustic that had three strings and i got it you know and yeah. stuff like that and i learned on those three strings at first yeah and so now we'll get to uh, we'll get to tools of the trade in a little bit but now you got a, a screaming gibson yep yep <laughs> i love playing gibsons that's my thing Les pauls yeah. i just like the weight yeah I dig them yeah the, i had a sg and uh i got that it was a I got that with my graduation money. And, nice. Uh, that was that was the only thing uh, that I didn't like about it because like when I would play play my friends Les Paul, I was like, I like just how chunky it is. Yeah, it's got a lot of balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that thing had burst buckers in it, and that yeah, thing they like sound you, great. It, on a tube amp, and if you would dime it out, you know, and get those just tubes get red that hot, that thing would punch. scream. That's tone right there, man. Just yeah, turn it taught up. me a lot about tube amps. I didn't know a ton about it. You know, I was a drummer. You know, didn't really didn't really know a lot about solid state and tube and yeah. you know how you make them drive and things like that. And I've just started learning a lot of that, which has been really really. Just interesting. a pretty big basis of so, kind of how we sound. I mean, we don't really use drive pedals to get tone. Yeah. For a guitar, overdrive is just naturally from a tube amp being mm -hmm. turned up, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of those guys that use overdrive is because they're on solid state and they have to find That some or they're playing like it. a 100 watt amp that they can't yeah. Yeah, push. You know, push, yeah. All right, Matt. Well. Where did it start? That's, that's a good question. Uh, I originally started out playing guitar like most bass players do. Um, <laughs> I started about 12, we had a, a piece of crap Kona guitar and a little lamp, and it didn't really take root. 
so I just kind of threw that down and I started getting into metal and stuff like that. And what really got me was listening to Rust in Peace by Megadeth. Yeah. Marty Friedman's solos. I just had to learn how to play them. <laughs> so I started yeah. up and learned the entire day. And he can do it. He can do it. <laughs> the bass player is a better guitar player, I promise. Um, <laughs> and I'd say the first real guitar that I actually had was an Ibanez RG, R, uh, RS440. Just an old Roadstar. Um, yeah. And a PV6505. And from there, uh, played too much. Uh, so, ended up going through a lot of different guitars and amps, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, eventually, kind of settled out of it. Got into uh, working at Backstage. <laughs> Playing at the church, stuff like that, and that's where I started playing bass. Had an old Aria Pro as the bass, first bass that I had, and just kind of progressed to, just kind of progressed from there. Now he doesn't even have frets. I mean, that's right. <laughs> switched just, to an Ibanez fretless a, that's uh, a big, about that's a year a big ago, just because I wanted to see if I could actually do it. Yeah. And he and did it in like a, a night. It was like he started and I was like, oh, okay, he's got a fretless. You know? Jamie was completely against it. Didn't I was completely me. against it. Didn't I was like, oh, it. no, we don't have enough time to introduce a totally different aspect like a fretless. Uh-huh. And then this dude just like immediately picked it up. I mean, we were playing nice. Just kind of gave me the drive to do it yeah. even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what brought you over here to Starville? How'd you get over here? Uh, like I said, I just worked at Backstage for about two and a half years. And... That's really what brought me over here. Okay. So. All right, and through backstage, I guess you yeah, met yeah, Jamie. Just yeah. Meet people, and yeah. eventually got hooked up with these guys through uh, the guitar player for Fat Axel, Todd. Okay. Yeah. Actually introduced me. Well, I already knew him from backstage, but. Yeah. And so just, uh, I guess, to move this way, y'all all have been playing together for years now and have recorded and done a lot of different a few things. Years, Three, four yeah. years, yeah. something like that. And uh, just, I don't know, like, a true rock and just really bringing it, it's, uh, I guess, maybe in this area, it's, it seems like it's something hard to... Uh, it definitely is something hard to lift up um, yeah. to get started. Uh, finding your first venue as a rock band is really hard. Yeah. Especially if no one's ever heard of you. Yeah. Um, which we got lucky with Rob and the elbow room kind of opened us up. So yeah. once we were able to do that, then word started getting around and we were able to pull a lot more shows. Uh, we still play more outside of our hometown than we do in Starville. Mm-hmm. What about, uh, how did the Jackson scene open up? How'd y'all get into that? Mm, Jason Triplett, just an old friend of ours. He played in a band with him for years and we just hollered at him one day. He started splitting shows with us. Nice. Around here with Waco Dead for a little while, he brought that back up. And yeah, they played at the elbow room before mm-hmm. it closed. Yeah. And uh, then we he drug us down to Jackson and put us on a bill with Evil Engines and some band out of Pennsylvania <laughs> called Lost Goose, who's an excellent band, by the way. Yeah. Both of those bands are good. And we've kind of stuck, and we, we kind of made our own way, too, with the whole cowboy scene, cowboy saloon bar up there. And yeah. I've uh, I've never checked out the uh, Jackson music scene like, I, like every every time you get down that way, you know you're always good to invite me. And I was like, shit, 
Yeah. You know, if if I could make the drive down to Jackson, that would be the show <laughs> to catch. The, there's a lot of great original bands, rock and roll based, coming out of Jackson right now. It's a really good scene to get your claws into. Yeah. Uh, because those guys branch out too. It's not just Jackson for them, you know. Yeah. So being able to jump on that, and a lot of bands we met through Jackson, like with the Blood Moon Fest that we just played, that uh, we immediately got put on that bill. Yeah. You know, from playing a show with one of those bands that were hosting this. And mm-hmm. So they immediately was like, hey, you know, can Fat Axel come play this? And we was like, we don't have Fat Axel. And he was like, okay, what do you have? Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, what so, do you got? So, you know, we have you know, a band called Night Surf. And he was like, well, that's interesting. You know, and so we released our first song. And he was like, okay, yeah, yeah, y'all come on. So, yeah. so we got put on that bill, which is a fantastic show. Uh, I love the crowd, the energy on the coast. There's a lot of original bands, a lot of metal bands. Uh, we don't really fit with the metal scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's better than the funk scene or the blues scene for us because mm-hmm. we do not jive with those. We like it a little bit, but we yeah. don't we don't jive too well with that scene. But yeah, we will if we invite it. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, to back it up to Gloomy Gloomy Day Studios, Gloomy Rooms, Gloomy Studio. Room Studios. How, uh, how did that start up, and where did that come from? Well, when I was younger, and as all kids do, I had no money, so I wanted to record and. Instead of spending thousands of dollars that I didn't have, I just learned on my own. Uh, and I met Freddie Garnett, who owned a music studio in Starkville for years called Cheeseland. Uh, and I apprenticed with him for about a good year. Yeah. So he pulled me through all the ropes and tips of recording and stuff like that. So I, I gave it a go. Um, so everything that any band I've done within the last say five years or so has been done by me i mean i i don't have to pay that money you know yeah so when we did our seven inch it was like let's just do this as dirty and raw as we can and i like that man let's just hook some mics up and get a live mix and really put out what it really sounds like you know so yeah so tell us a little bit about the ep uh the one that i got a seven now yeah the seven uh, yeah walk us walk us through some of the songs uh definitely man uh Cover My Eyes was the first new song of the three of us under the name uh, Night Surf. Uh, We kind of just met back up and decided, you know, we're going to do this band, and that was the first song that spun out. Yeah. Um, There was actually quite a few other songs before Skeletons that that hit, but we decided to go with Skeletons because it seems like a pretty catchy song. Sure. And uh, to... The writing is this uh, is this something that you do with the lyrics at first and write the guitar, and then the mm. guys come in, or is it just kind of y'all are jamming and just kind of feel it out, or how's that work? Is it a little different it's, each time? Well, it is a little different each time. Uh, say somebody may have an idea. Uh, we don't really present guitar riffs or just bass lines, or we all kind of have a knack for for coming up with a solid foundation all around sure. uh, so when we do have ideas it's like i got this idea on the drums and this idea on bass and this idea on guitar and i had these vocal ideas you know just kind of we try not to blind come blindly to one another when, yeah. we, when we have ideas but they do work out really well at least on the vocal ideas hummed out you know instead of maybe you know particular words at least yeah even the, if they don't the exist riff of it 
I'm you still know, trying to find out right. how, the, <laughs> how the vocals are supposed to go in, in the idea, you know, and then we can Which fill makes the, the difference, you know, so. Which a lot of times we'll all three sit down and just fill the blanks in on the vocals, you know, mm -hmm. just what the words actually are. So uh, after the song's written, is there a lot of time spent in practice or like when y'all go out to the shows, is, is that like a free space to kind of... Uh, fine-tune it and see what's going to go over well with the crowd well, or how's that go you know we practice so much uh we probably practice what four or five nights a week i yeah. mean we're constantly if you got a something. space or y'all do it here yeah or? yeah we play we right here in our apartment wow. complex so we have a neighbor that just lets us use a back room and he don't even care so. okay yeah, I was going to ask. He's real supportive, like, If you got to dime that thing out. Yeah, like, man. This, just put, a, <laughs> put a sign up. This might get loud. Yeah, you know? it definitely gets loud in there. Uh, We've got great neighbors. Yeah, like, nobody complains. Them. They all support. So, And, we, you know, Taj is our neighbor, too. Oh, so, perfect, yeah. So Taj, he, he pops over there a lot and, yeah. and messes around with us. and So... Yeah, we got a little community here that it's okay. We'll it's into we it. So, that's that's yeah. perfect, man. I was curious about like a practice space. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. That's another thing. Like, you know, when you think about... That's hard to come by. Th these is, rock man. bands, you know, it's like... Where do they do where, all this? Where do they practice? <laughs> uh, man, we just got lucky. Um, and when we built... I'm not going to get into any de details about why I still not hear or anything. But when we built the studio, we used that for a while. Yeah. So we pretty much built our own practice, our first practice space. Okay. And and now we're at a neighbor's house. So he supports <laughs> us. So we get to leave all our junk in there too. So. <laughs> and so to talk about just a little bit about the future to close out this year and maybe the beginning of next year is just far as like touring or just getting out and doing shows. Is there uh, any places in particular coming up to just let, let people know where you're going to be? Well, actually we just ran out of our set out of our dates for this year we're not closed for the year uh, but we ran out of a big string of dates that we set up um and it's about time to to link the set yeah so we have an album's worth of stuff uh we've kind of been working on getting that out which is just as important as playing you know live shows so sure. so as soon as we release our our first full length then we're gonna totally start trying to book a tour which is not as easy today as it used to be right um, and anybody that wants us to play anywhere is welcome to catch up with us and we'll definitely yeah, yeah. yeah we're always you know, don't don't mind riding to, to get there or whatever we need to do and know? we literally don't do it for the money <laughs> that's right <laughs> i promise for right. the love of the music just help us with right. some gas you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. we'll if you want to do it for the money you're going to go broke so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's uh that's that's something of learn fast over the show just being able to sit down with musicians and you know you kind of hear the struggles and everybody i think when they uh you know when you first pick up that guitar or drum and you fantasize about being you know the stadium band and like we're yeah. just gonna we're gonna have this fancy tour bus and roadies and you know we're gonna ride the lightning and then you get out there and start <laughs> doing it and you're like you're on no, like, there really ain't a whole lot of money here no you're on like <laughs> hay bales in a field before you know it you yeah. know uh no it's uh it's interesting in Mississippi to be in a rock band now because it's actually kind of disheartening at first. Yeah. Because you get real confused. Like, you think you sound pretty good. You book out a show and nobody's there. It's real barren. You're playing to nobody. And you're like, man, are we this bad? 
you know and then when you go somewhere where a scene is happening yeah and you get a ton of likes and sell merch and you get a lot of good uh, positive feedback yeah. from the crowd then then you get you start to understand that maybe it's my my area yeah know? so I mean, we're not against playing our area we will anywhere we can a lot of venues don't want us because we just don't do what they market for yeah. so yeah i know that's uh when i'm thinking and let's talk a little bit about this just to start with a music scene and i've had taj and now y'all are the the second uh music group that i've had here in yeah. Starville. and just to talk a little bit about about the scene is uh i guess like with the different musicians around town and as far as working together i've what that kind of looks like and just to paint like the picture mm. of Starville is Starville there are some fantastic original artists in this town uh, Toshiba is great to have yeah. right here in my hometown you know my hometown uh, band so well put together and so in tune with one another it's really interesting having that right here yeah you know? uh, there's not a whole ton of original in this area that we know of uh, maybe they're having the same problems we are I yeah, don't know just getting up um, but uh, there's a lot of great cover bands here <laughs> I mean if you uh, Flathead Ford you know they're kind of they got some yeah. originals yeah and, I had Jimmy and, Red yeah yeah all that kind of stuff yeah. so. Tough Skins Tough Skins yeah they're the once a year show <laughs> this is always they fun to catch they a pretty good once a year show oh they do a fantastic show yeah. yes I've been in the music scene during different time periods here and it seems like in the 90s, when I was playing here in Starpool, that the music scene was a lot more helpful with a lot each more other open, yeah. and, and, and open than it is now. And now, for a lot of reasons, it seems like a lot of people here are, it's, you know, one for yourself. Clicky. You know, it's, clicky. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not like it used to be. Yeah. I, I can remember, you know, several different bands back during the time period that you know I was Dale Rendon was one of them that was playing during that time period you know great shows I was just a kid when Dale was starting out super nice guy still as a kid he would come over to my house and bring his guitar and sit down and play with me you know and I'd play on yeah. the drums and he was in one of the bigger bands around town you know right and I mean you just don't have musicians not so many that do that anymore no, yeah. they don't really and, and, I mean I really just don't understand that yeah you know, but it, back then it was so different it's it's uh, I mean I don't don't really know how to explain it but it was just more open you know everybody was helping everybody yeah. it, it wasn't just you know trying to book a show for me and and you know heck with everybody else yeah you know? we was, all kind of did it together you know right. actually we had like local promoters uh, back then those days that would rent out random buildings around start just to have like rock bashes like all these bands from yeah. the area would come Which through you, and play you don't get anymore and, and i mean still some of the older musicians that are around are still like that they'll you know willing to sit down and play with people that hadn't you know that's that's just starting to play their instruments and things like that you know yeah yes yeah. really great with scott thomas you know i mean Lee Graham, like, yeah you know, Jerry, all of them, they're, they're really, really good at it. But some of the younger ones, it's just, you know, it, it, it's a different, a whole different ball game. Yeah. It's, it's not the same. And just for a Starville size and it being a college town and you have typically, I would say, at least a quarter or maybe half the population changing 
every four oh, years. Yeah. It's a big, it's, it's a big difference. You know, it, like it seems like the flavor could just change each year and be like. You well, would we, think it would, but it, it really doesn't. Uh, it kind of, I mean, the maybe it's not the fact that these, and I'm not blaming these venues. They do what they do. It's their place to do it, yeah. and I, I, I have more power to them. I don't think some of these venues are open to to that change. I yeah. think they kind of found their niche in what they do, and that's kind of where they stay. You know, yeah. I mean, a lot of them prefer the cover mm-hmm. acts. Dude, I mean, if you're in a cover band, that's great. I even mean, though it would seem like with, with other students and stuff coming in every four years, too, that the music scene would change. But if we don't give them the option, if we continue no. to stick the same sounds in the same places, what other options do they have? Yeah. You know, either they listen to their radio or if they go to one of the clubs or one of the venues here, it's, it's gonna they be hear a, what they've got. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it's... It's going to be a cover band playing that song on the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if that's what they're doing, hey, you know, have at it. But yeah. for for night surf, we, uh, we're going to turn it up. Yeah. We're going to be as off the wall as we can. Uh, we don't many originals as we can put as out as many originals <laughs> as we can do and we enjoy it so i mean if, even if we're playing in our bedroom we're, we're gonna have a whole lot of fun doing yeah. it you know yeah and that's where i am lately just with uh with i just started playing out again i've just been doing a couple of the open mics in columbus just yeah. getting back into the thing yeah that's a good maybe scene. you know that's maybe trying scene. to pick up a drummer or you know some more instruments to maybe tune up because I, I got like a blues idea i want to do yeah and um it's gonna be that same like just real dirty like what you're talking about like with the recording in the gloomy room yeah you know, yeah just, yeah you know just real in your face it's, yeah it's nasty it's lo-fi real analog yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um that's what rock and roll was yeah. to me you know yeah. little gritty cassette recordings mm-hmm. and stuff <laughs> and there's there's a handful of people that still do it that you know i've just had the chance to meet and like getting to sit down and like just like with y'all just yeah. talk about just how important that is it's like uh this is rock this yeah. is what rock is to me i mean that's it should be that it's way gritty. to everybody yeah <laughs> uh it's not it's not produced it's not, not over compressed <laughs> it's not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's in your face in a whole different way you yeah know? and like i go back and uh just to talk about just kind of like that music scene that you were talking about earlier is uh, i think about the black keys when they were cutting you know their first couple of albums and like you can go back and see and uh one of my buddies up in Memphis, he has that same stack that they recorded on, how they done it in yeah. Patrick's basement. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. this is so dope. That's great, man. <laughs> and uh, with uh, the Heartless Bastards, um, they got their run from the Black Keys. The Black Keys put them at Fat Possum where they had just yeah. recorded their album. And it's like, right. we're going to also get them some shows. Yeah. And that's how Heartless Bastards got their jumps because Patrick Corney and the Black Keys took a chance on them. Yeah. And that's generally what it takes. And so... Or at least what I'm finding in the rock scene is like you just got to be in the right place at the right time with the, the oh, right yeah. ear. Well, I don't want to sell these other bands short. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of other active mm-hmm. original rock bands around here. I mean, we got Idol, mm-hmm. uh, Joy Bomb. Got his shirt. Yeah, yeah, he's wearing an <laughs> Idol shirt. Man, that's our that's our that's our homeboys, I guess. You know, uh, Joy Bomb with Grant Beatty and all of them. I mean, yeah. Uh, Great, great original set. I think Keatsy has something original going on or something. Yeah. And 
I think he, oh, is that Keatsy's band? I think uh, no, no, Pontiac this, Arrest this, is Keatsy's band, isn't it? I think it is. I think uh, so. Isn't he in that I band? Think, I think that's right. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, I think, aren't they original? I th- I, I've, I've heard Keatsy play at uh, the open mic at Dave's, and yeah. like, I did not meet him that night. I was going to talk to him, but I did not meet him. Yeah. He's a pretty cool guy, if you ever get the chance. Yeah. Uh, he does write. He's a pretty good writer. He does great recordings. I know that yeah. for this local scene and all. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, not really a scene we've branched into, which is not a bad thing. I mean, they're all friends, but as far as sharing shows and stuff around here, they don't really do yeah. a whole lot of it. I mean, we'll get it from time to time, mm-hmm. but you know. What else? What, where else we want to go? What else we want to talk about, guys? What are you feeling, Vince? Uh, <laughs> uh, Matt, what, anything? Yeah, Matt, you got anything? Haven't man? heard from you a lot. He don't. Oh. He don't really say a whole lot, man. <laughs> he just kind of shows up and plays and goes. <laughs> the, the, the last couple of years, Matt's really gotten interesting on bass too. He really has. He's played with some other groups too, and it, Man, he's really picked up on bass. Oh, I mean, he, he is, is a bass player. I mean, a monster on it. He's in the pocket. So, he says no. Lies, any, 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 lies, no, lies. no, no, no. Tell any. me sweet little lies. So <laughs> how long have you been playing bass now? Four years. Not That's long a lot at to all. say, man. About, but I've been playing guitar for yeah. nine. Sometimes it doesn't translate, though, man. <laughs> yeah. Who was it that you were in the cover band with? Uh, David Mason, David Langford, uh, Billy Sally, David Langford. Yeah, sidetrack. All those guys, Caleb. And they they put them on the road. Yeah. You know, he got out and did a lot of playing with us. Play guys. a lot. I mean, it made a world of difference in him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's definitely grown into what we want. So yeah. <laughs> if we can keep him around, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> when did you make the transition over to Fredless? How, how long ago was that? And why'd you want to do it? About eight months ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Why'd you want to do that? Just see if I could. Something <laughs> it's I've a different sound, about. you know? I mean, something every... I've always talked about. I always like the sound of them. I think they're... I, I like the feel of them better, too. I like the real low action. Okay. I, I think they play better than... Now, that's just my personal opinion, but I think they play better than a fretted instrument. Are you ever At gonna, times. Are you ever going to go with the uh, stand-up? Maybe. He can play them. <laughs> I think the next bass is going to be a fretless eight-string Rickenbacker. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What about a twelve-string? Yeah, just go ahead and amp it up all the way. Six yeah, and six, yeah. I grew up next door to a guy that played stand-up bass, and that was uh, Matt McGowan, Joe McGowan's dad. Okay. And he was a great bass player. Totally incredible. To sit out there and watch him play was really interesting. We definitely would pulled he ever influence. get the bow out? He did. He would yeah, get yeah. the bow out some, and it was really interesting. You know, and for a while he made stand-up basses, and I think that one of the companies contacted him and said that he needed to quit using the design. He was using <laughs> so good. Oh, and they sounded great. They sounded me. better. Really I think incredible. better than they what did. they were making. I mean, they were, was they the were big really fuss. Incredible. Yeah, I like the competition. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey man, you putting us out. <laughs> That's the same thing with uh, Taylor. When they first started making guitars, I play a breed love acoustic um, sometimes. And um, when Taylor first came out, they were real bad twangy. 
Yeah. And Breedlove was actually the guy that taught him how to level it out. Yeah. Yeah. And then he started making his guitars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I guess I'm not really didn't really consider myself a guitar player. Uh, I play guitar. I play with a guitar. That's kind of wild, man. Uh, well, I'm. I like writing songs the most, yes. and I think that's kind of what made me want to learn something. Uh, yeah. I wanted a keyboard or a piano as a kid, and I didn't get that. Yeah. But uh, being able to write on something, I guess guitar was it, so I've always been stuck with, with yeah. guitar. Well, know. let's talk about that for a minute, man. So when did songwriting start for you? Oh, man, since I was a little kid, man. I just <laughs> <laughs> always had ideas and stuff bouncing around in my head. I had a big boom box cassette recorder in my room and I had tapes yeah. and tapes and tapes and tapes and tapes of acoustic rock songs that I'd written, you know. Oh, man. None of that stuff exists now. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, which my laptop looks the same now, so I guess that would be the equivalency of that. Yeah. Just like everybody else, the first five you write, you don't want anybody to you hear You don't anymore. want anybody to know. <laughs> you got those, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those basement tapes, huh? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, man, when you were first getting started, was it introspective? Was it just writing about yourself? It was uh, pretty odd. Uh, I liked the steps that I took to being a songwriter. I mean, I, I didn't really have anybody to show me tricks to the trade or anything. It was just kind of like me sitting in a room coming up with this melody and building a city around it i guess you could yeah. look at it like that you know yeah how many bridges trolley ways you're gonna put in there how many skyscrapers you know? <laughs> yeah. big g's you know yeah. all that kind of good stuff yeah. uh i don't know it just kind of come naturally so i've, I've kind of been stuck in it my whole life on the new yeah. stuff i mean from all the solo stuff i did really kind of picked me up and put yeah. me on it so he's even got a riff right now that we call the perfect riff we can't find anything else to go with it. No, we can't find anything else to go with it. It's just a chorus. You know? it's a, Sounds great. We just can't find anything else to go with it. We've messed with it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we can never find the key to, to open that up. It would be great. All right, man. You going to tighten up? <laughs> I will try. <man. laughs> it's tough. It's extremely hard as a drummer to, to write songs because if you don't have a lot of experience in playing a guitar or a bass, it's hard to get your ideas for, you know the different note changes and how the rhythms go on the other instruments you know I mean I, I can kind of hum the parts out which which we're starting to get to I know when I played with Jason Tripley that was quite easy he is extremely good at it mm -hmm. you know if you can hum something out to him you know you can pretty much just mimic it and send it right back to you which is really difficult to do when you have a terrible voice like me <laughs> you know and you're probably singing out of key of what you really want so <laughs> Just scream. <laughs> it's rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. Belt it. But uh, it, it's, it, it takes a long time yeah. for me to sit down and actually get, you know, something across, you know, that everybody can kind of understand what's really going on. Yeah. So, yeah. It's cool. kind of tough. Well, let's, uh, let's talk, we've talked a little bit about gear. Let's, uh, what, uh, what drum set you play on right now? Man, I'm using just a, uh, Mr. Pearl you know forum set that's export. the one that, export yeah, yeah export. we're uh it, it's something to drag around the road and just beat up <coughs> you know i mean uh i can remember having drum sets like 63 rogers you know things like that and 
taking them on the road and watching, watching them get just totally destroyed, you know. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I had one at one point in time and hit the road with it, and uh, it had so many stickers on it that I would have to take a knife and cut the stickers back to get heads to fit back on. <laughs> so it was, you know, real interesting. Uh, I don't know, but I, I've learned, you know, if you're, if you're going to hit the road and play a lot, you know. It's a sticker I mean, mache. You need, you need to have a drum set that can take a lick. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's because it's going to. And I mean, they're pretty well no made kids. I mean, they, they hold up real nice. So. Yeah. What about any special bells and whistles or hi-hats or anything you prefer? I mean, uh, hi-hat and rod, you know, Zildjian Ace. Uh, K crashes are really, really great. Uh, I've also got into the uh, Sabian, I guess those HHX. are... HHX. HHX. Some of them have a really, really good sound, too. Yeah, really clean. Real, real clean. Know, especially for so studio work. Yeah. Kind, kind of nice. And so is that, if you got, like, uh, special symbols and drums you put on for the studio time, and then those for the road, or is it kind of the same? Uh, it's pretty much the same. Uh, just mic'd out, you know, once we're doing the live recordings, which uh, we have a couple of different set of, sets of mics for the drum set. And uh, that's, you know, people will really think that, you know, once you get your instruments and everything, that that's pretty much all it is. But by the time you're talking about all the other equipment to be able to record, you know, we're using a personas board to record with. By the time you it sink money, money and things <laughs> like that, it's, I mean, you've got a lot of money, yeah. you know, sitting there and tied up. Which is really hard on musicians nowadays when it's harder to find shows than it used to be. And I've noticed Stephen now, a long time ago, we would make more money on shows than we're making now. Which, you know, kind of really startled me when I first started back playing again. Yeah. You know, we'd go play a gig now, we might get a hundred bucks. You know, ten years ago I would go and play a gig and that hand us three hundred. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's Minimal. just, it's, it's totally, totally different than it used to be, and it's changing. So. Yeah. I remember uh, 10 years ago when I first started playing out, and it used to be the bar would also cover your tab in a meal. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, and that's will. Kind, Dave's and, will cover your tab. Yeah. But, and that's even becoming rare in some places. It is. Dave's actually, they, they do pretty good for the bands that play there. I think, I think Dave Hood pays them like 300 with a tab and a, and a, and a I mean, I've, I've had a free meal there. I don't know if that's a normal thing. Yeah. I think maybe some of that is, is a lot of them, they gave a free bar tab too, you know. Got a little too tipsy before they played. You know? <laughs> <laughs> sounded sounded a little rough, but yeah. you know, I've seen that happen a few times I'm in the past. I've that too. a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. And so, like, as you were coming up and learning drums, man, who were the uh, who were the drums that you were putting in your ears? Who were those drummers? Oh man, who was the influence? So many different ones. It's it's crazy, but Rush. I was about course. to say Neil Peart. I mean, <laughs> definitely one of them. Um, and that, he's one of them drummers that can write. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he can write. Now the the Captain Beyond, that drummer from that band is totally incredible too. Yeah, I mean it's. It's totally incredible. Good stuff. Uh, yes, Chris. I always, I always liked listening to Yes. You know that was that was one of them. And of course, you Scorpions. know, I, I was an eighty, I was an eighties kid and a seventies kid. So the Scorpions, of course, all your <laughs> glam metal in the eighties. You know, yeah. I mean, went went through all of those stages too. So so definitely different. Yeah. You know. 
All right, Jamie, let's talk gear. Let's okay. talk. Let's talk amplifiers and guitar. I'm picky, man. <laughs> uh, I've been through probably every amp they have to offer. Uh, I'm so picky. Um, I've landed. I've been a Supro player for about three years. Okay. Uh, I love them, man. I can't. I've never I, played on one. They got this this Americana crunch tone. When you turn them up, they just. I mean, Guns and Roses uses them now. You know. Oh. The Black Magic. It's supposed to be like the Jimmy Page, the first Led Zeppelin album tone. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, that's but my I favorite. But I mean, I grit mine up a little more than, than Jimmy Page does to get that <laughs> sound. But uh, I don't know. I, I like noise guitar players. Steve Albini and Greg Ginn from Black Flag. Steve Albini from Big yeah. Black and all Shellac and all that. Oh yeah, that's beginning of punk, right? It there. is, uh, and I, I like punk tone, and a lot of that old punk tone was just an amp turned up. You know, so, mm -hmm. and of course, you know, I like, I call them big kiss chords, you know, big <laughs> wide open G's, ACDC did them too, you know, and they just don't sound right unless you're just pushing that maxed out <laughs> yeah. tube amp. You know, I like low watt amps so that I can do that. I've never really been a big 50 water mm -hmm. lover. I think I'm running 25 right now, just so you can still get it a little hot. loud, you know, but I can attenuate it back for a lot of shows and still get roughly the same tone. Guitars, um, I love strats, but I can't play them. <laughs> uh, I love tellies, but I can't play them. Yeah. Uh, I love Epiphone's, their hollow body series, I can't play them, I'll, I'll just feed back on those things with the way I set my amp. Uh, so I guess I'm just humbuckers, Les Paul, I like SG's, I like mini buckers a lot, yeah. uh, stuff like that. I'm a big Tony Iommi fan, so <laughs> if I can get that sound out of a guitar, it's a great guitar. <laughs> man, this is something that's been coming up a lot as uh, we talk guitars, man, this is a lot of people are like changing their mind on strings lately. So yeah. what strings are you on right now? Well, I used to use Kurt Mangans. Yeah. Uh, I liked them a lot when they first came out. Uh, I'm tough on like I beat the shit out of a guitar. I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but I beat the I you beat can. I beat them. You yeah. know, <laughs> when we play live or just even in the jam room, uh, I'm real rough on them. So I need a string that's going to be able to to handle Take that. It. So you play uh, heavies or? Uh, I actually don't. I play tens. Uh, I like tens. I use. I do a lot of bending and solos and stuff. So I like to be able to have that maneuverability in a string. So yeah. anything above a ten seems to be a bit too stiff. Uh, I've actually swapped to Ironworks strings. Okay. Uh, which is a new company that they're corrosion free. They don't corrode, which is a good thing if you play a lot of shows and you don't want to spend a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, at first, when I was using mangans, I was paying like ten bucks a pack, twice a week. You mm -hmm. know, so that adds up in the month. Uh, but mangans started breaking on me, man. I don't know what it is on both guitars. I just started. It's like the quality maybe dropped a little bit, mm -hmm. which they always do. You know, from when they start out. Mm -hmm. So I'm playing Ironworks right now. We'll see how that works out. I, <laughs> I think I've played a few shows with them. I seem to like them. So I get you. I don't mind them. Man, I don't know uh, why y'all are at backstage or if y'all have come across it. It didn't last long. The patent run out on uh, the Telecaster. Yeah. And Schechter made it. 
I've seen that. Did, did, seen did it ever come in the back? Tell. Did it come in the backstage? We never had it. There. I have one. Really? Yeah, I've and seen that. Like I, I love Tellys too, man. But uh, like for my tone and like what I like to do, I couldn't accomplish it with a Fender Telecaster. Yeah. But I can with a Schecter Telecaster. Because you got humbuckers. <laughs> yeah. You got the deluxe. Yeah. Telly deluxe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wish I could get a guitar that was lighter. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, some some of those hour sets up there just. Jumping around like a buffoon. <laughs> and you have a fat ex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, going to bed that night, I, I definitely feel what I did that, sure. that evening. So. <laughs> <laughs> but right, it's man. worth it. <laughs> Break it down for us, man. Let's talk gear. Uh, right now, I'm using... Got two main rigs that I'm using. I've got a GNL P-Base, uh, just a PJ base. And then I've got the Ibanez Fretless, just an old music, 80s musician. Uh, that was gutted from the frets anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as amps, uh, one rig is PV Headliner 1000 and an Avalon DI, and then the other one's just a little Vox Night Train and a 15 mm-hmm. speaker. And I have used Jamie Supra. Yeah, we've in used place the Supra. Device. It sounds pretty good. Well, yeah. I would, you know, use it. Uh, tremolo is badass. Yeah, the tremolo sounds good. Yeah, it's one of a kind. Uh, I use the Victor Wooten DR strings on both bases. I think they're just really good strings. I like the lighter gauge. Yeah. Uh, as far as influential musicians, I like Geddy Lee, from Rush, Tony Levin from King Crimson. I think he's a great. That's a good, extremely good underrated play. bass player. We like Prague. Uh, <laughs> man, I like Steve Harris. I like his technique. I think he's got a good tone. Um, I mean, there's there's a bunch of them that I like. So I mean, it's hard to narrow it down. Yeah, I got you. Well, cool, man. What about guitars? You still playing those? Mm, I've still got the Ibanez uh, Roadstar. And you got a pretty kick-ass Mexican Strat. Yeah, I've got a Mexican Strat that plays better than any American that I've had. That might be the second one I've heard of. Yeah. We we had one. Um, it, it belonged to the church, and uh, we had we done the youth band for them for a while, and our lead guitarist he moved off to college, and yeah. so I started playing lead. And like when we started playing this Fender, I was like, what? And he got the look. I was like, "This is a Mexican, but it plays better than an American." Awesome. <laughs> I was like, "Did what happened here? Yeah. Was there like one year where like Mexican strats were just in?" I don't know what year is yours, Matt. I don't know. It's one of the very early ones. Yeah. Yeah, that's the weird thing. I've played Mexican strats that a lot of them are just better than the yeah. Americans, but I've also played them that they just suck. They're just <laughs> terrible instruments. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess this is what you said. Luck Something the draw. about yeah, luck of the draw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and shortly after that, that guitar came up missing. <laughs> I don't know who got it, but like we were talking hey, about it one day. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. But I know one day we went into the music room and that guitar was not there and it never made its way back. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> man. That sucks. Never had a stolen instrument, so I can't. Oh, I've dropped them and broke the hits. That feels like it got stolen. Yeah, you know, but yeah. I've only played in the church one time. <laughs> Didn't go over too well. It went over great, man. The the youth group there loved our set. I mean, 
Oh, yeah, that's probably not a good story for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Share it, Vince. That's Share the best it. ones, right? <laughs> Share it. We'll keep it under wraps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, anything else you want to get out there on the airwaves? Buy our album. Come to our shows. We have any kind of merch you could possibly want. Yeah. Call us for booking. Call yeah. us. All right, or else. And just some ways... Uh, to contact Night Surf and just ways to connect with y'all as far as social media, best way to contact. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, there's another Night Surf in New York. I don't think they're active anymore. Mm-hmm. So don't confuse us. Just look for the Burning Man. Yeah. If you see the Burning Man, you found us. Oh, man, I didn't even talk about that, dude. I love the graphic <laughs> designs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love, we designed the record ourselves and everything, kind of metaphorically put it together so <laughs> interesting little things in there yeah man so uh yeah I, I back that guys check out <laughs> night surf i'm a big fan of what they're doing and that uh it's good to have a band like night surf in this area and so uh guys wish y'all the best and all the support that i can give for sure thank you man for and sure. um we do. check them out and so on this episode you've already heard one song and you're about to hear another and so uh guys are we good here we are We're good, man. Well, thank you all so much for taking the time. Thank you, man. It's been another episode of Porch Talk. Rock on. And here we are to rock out one last time. News and notes. Thank you so much for listening to Porch Talk. And and, and, and here comes Stings to Stingray. What's up, guys? I have a story to tell you right quick. Wow. So earlier, I went to my local high school game. And, uh, you know... Last month, I watched all those horror movies. You know? Wow. So, these guys, my local high school, play the Blue Devils tonight. And every time they had a good play, I just wanted to be like, Christ compels you! Christ compels you! <laughs> but I just kept that in my head, because I didn't know if that was cool for public access. Like, <laughs> it had just been programmed from October. <laughs> But anyway, that's been another edition of Porch Talk. Night surf. To all those fans out there, quit standing around with your dick in your hand. Go like, review, subscribe, do all that stuff. Hit that little bell. Bing! Good night! Ow! It's the wolfman and uh... Here's a song called Skeleton. Skeleton? Yeah. Rock out.
the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done